0: Hey guys, hey, how's it going? Welcome to Pink Cloud 9 Podcast. Yes, video podcast. How are you doing today? Okay, so we're having some technical difficulties today with the amazing Natasha Mason. So if it blurs or it freezes or there's whatever happens, then just know Wi-Fi is not 100%. So we're going to power through it. We're going to be all right. In the meantime, let's get to know a little bit about Pink Cloud 9. I know I should be talking during this session, but I don't know if other people can hear me, but I think they can't. Anyway, Pink Cloud 9 is a recovery term, by the way, just so you know. Hey, guys, welcome back. And please take a listen to the new theme song brought to you by Placeholder Confidential on Spotify. Okay, enough. Enough about me. Shut it off. Somebody shut it off. Hey, guys. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, the amazing Natasha Mason, for being here today. Hi, Natasha.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm fabulous. Okay, so today you are here to talk about domestic violence coach and mentor, which you are. Cool? Am I I saying that correctly? Okay, great. The story, so this is what I'm going to say. The story behind the ruby. Natasha Mason grew up in the small town of Hartford, Connecticut. At the age of five, her mother's boyfriend began to abuse her sexually. Is this accurate? Yes. And you're okay with this story being told? Yes. By the age of 11, the abuse progressed to verbal and physical abuse. Growing up, Natasha would often go to her grandmother's house to get away from the abuse. Her her mother was being abused as well. As Natasha got older and her family moved to California, she began to seclude herself. She lived this way until her early 20s when she started to go to church and strengthen her relationship with God. The abuse continued until she was 28. Years old when God told her to leave, and that is what she did. Now, there is a book out, it's called The Secret Everyone Knew, a memoir by Natasha Mason. Thank you so much for being here and telling your story, Natasha Mason.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Amazing, amazing. Do you know it takes so much strength to speak? On this, and the secrets that we all have, and everybody, everybody has a secret, you know. Um, everybody has some kind of secret. So thank you so much for you know talking about this. Tell us anything that you want to tell us about.
1: Um, just that people that have gone through child abuse is hard for them to tell their parent, um, I told my mom when I was seven. She did leave him, but eventually they got back together. Um, when they got back together, I was, I was still staying with my grandmother. Why they got back together, I don't know. Never asked, it never came up. Um, but eventually I ended up moving back in the household with him and my mom. Um, and then the sexual abuse continued, it progressed to physical abuse, um, around 11, 12 was the first time of physical abuse, um, where he choked me with a rope until I passed out. When I came to, he was taking the rope from around my neck and I was on the floor. Um that instilled a fear in me because I knew what he was capable of just from that mm-hmm. um and it got worse once we moved to California California we didn't have any family um it progressed and over the years um I ended up having four children by
0: did you say four? Um, four. Oh, my. Four. I had no idea. I
1: have a total of six children, but four of them are from him. Hmm. Okay. Uh, um, he even, because at one point, we moved back to Connecticut for a year, uh, when my first child, after my first child was born. And... During that year, I had gotten pregnant by someone else with my second child. He was incarcerated. When he got out, we all ended up going back to California.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Um, And after I gave birth to my second child, he told me, because it became a pattern so much so that told me when the TV go off in the living room, that was for me to get up to go in the living room to lay with him out. At that point, he and my mother was not sleeping in the same bed. Hmm. So this particular night when I went in there, um, he said to me that he thought about shooting me up with heroin when he realized that my second child was not his. And he told me that the only reason why he did it is because he didn't want to do too much and I overdosed mm-hmm. or too little and it had no effect on me. Mm-hmm. And um hearing that and also hearing the different ways he talked about how he would try to kill me mm-hmm. put so much fear in me. Um I was too afraid to leave. And at that point, I was around 17, about to be 18 years old. Um, I had decided that I was going to leave at 18, but it didn't work out that way. He found out from another family member that I confided in that I was going to leave and go back to Connecticut. And um, it just got worse. So I stayed until I was 28 Um, and actually leading up to my left an incident happened where um, he had came in from work and I forgot what it was I believe it was something about the phone or something like that that he couldn't get through or whatever that he was upset about he picked up a weight and he was getting ready to throw it at me and he stopped and he said you know what I feel you're going to get me so mad one day I don't know what I'm going to do to you and I was so scared and at that same time my sisters they were sleeping but my um I'm the oldest This my sister under me she climbed out her bedroom window and she went to the payphone and called the police and came back. The police was like, they can't break in unless they heard me screaming, which I wasn't screaming. Um, but when they knocked on the door, he went and opened the door. They did end up arresting him. And we had left. I at that time, um, my mother was and her drug abuse. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't around at that time. So I was taking care of my children. As well as my sisters and my brother. So when he got arrested. The officer. Um, suggested that I take all the children with me. Right. Which right. I did. But I ended up coming back. Mm. Um. What happened was. It was about. In from school, and me and my sister that's under me was sitting in the living room watching TV, and something said, get your kids and go. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, Lord, if this is you, then I need money because I don't have anything. Like, how I'm gonna, where I'm gonna go. Because at this point, I didn't know of any. Domestic violence shelters. I've heard of domestic violence shelters, but I didn't know of any. Um, so I was talking to my sister, and I was telling her, "Well, the Lord's told me to take the kids and go, and I don't know where to go or what to do." So while I'm discussing with my sister, uh, my oldest daughter overhears me and she says mom i just got my cheerleading uniform i can take it back and see if they'll give me the money for it so i'm like saying well how much because um at that point their dad had paid for it so i didn't know how much was coming back so i said well how much is is gonna come back from it so she was like 35 dollars So I said, okay, go ahead. So meanwhile, I'm on the phone with Greyhound trying to find out where I could go for $35 with five children. So um, I ended up, when she came back, I ended up getting a one-day ticket to um, Riverside, California. Mm -hmm. We left me and my children left my sisters and my brother was still there um we left we ended up in riverside i kept in contact with my sisters to see what make sure they were okay to see what was going on as far as with him because this wasn't the first time i had left i had left on prior occasions but I always went to like the next town over. I didn't. I never had been as far as I had went this time. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to um, Riverside, California, I called two one one to try to get into a domestic violence shelter, and she told me that if I didn't have any bruises on me, that the shelter wouldn't take me. Mm -hmm. So she gave me information for a regular shelter. So um, I tried to get a cab. I only had five dollars on me. I didn't know how far the shelter was. No cabs wanted to take me because I had five children Mm -hmm. and all this
2: luggage with me. And um, it was this one cab that came up. And he asked me where I
1: was going and I was telling him about the shelter. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll take you. Um, but on the way there, he says, I don't think that shelter opens until November. Now this was October 11th. He mm-hmm. said, I don't think that shelter opens until November, but I'll still take you there to see if that's what they told you. Right. And sure enough, we we'll get there. Mm -hmm. And the guy says that they don't start taking people in for the shelter until November. Mm -hmm. Um, so what happened was the cab driver had, um, I ended up telling the cab driver my situation. Mm -hmm. He went to McDonald's and brought some food for my children and he paid for a night at a hotel. He said, I'm gonna come back in the morning, but I'm gonna find shelter for you to go to in the morning. And that's exactly what he did. Um, We ended up at a shelter. Long story short, Mm -hmm. I ended up going to, I found this church and I went inside the church and asked them if they could help me get tickets to Connecticut because I was just trying to get to my grandmother's house course. And um, they ended up helping me. Not only did they help me, they had um, one of their members pick us up because we had to go to another town in order to go to Greyhound to get on the bus to go to Connecticut. So from Riverside, California to um, Hartford, Connecticut on Greyhound. Right. So they got the, uh I had my tickets. It not only gave me the ride, it also gave me money for food for for me and the children. Um, and we got there, and it was still an issue because by the time I got to Connecticut, he was threatening. He was calling my grandmother's house, threatening my cousins, my aunts, and everything, saying what he was going to do. So, I got to the point, okay, let me just talk to him so he could leave y'all alone. Hmm. So, I get on the phone, and, um, I made a decision that I wreck every day. He says that he wanted to talk to the kids and whoever wanted to come back to California, that he would come and get them. And, um... He talked to all of them. I got off the phone and I asked them if they want to go. And all of them had ended up going back except for my oldest daughter. He came and got got them and brought them back to California. Mm -hmm. Um, When he got back to California, he he first filed a restraining order Mm. saying that came by his house with a gun um i was served with a uh border protection okay and then i was served with child custody papers um so knowing that i didn't have no money to go back to california for court um I was depressed at that time. I did end up getting in touch with a counselor at mm-hmm. a um, sexual assault crisis um, line. Right. Who did a certified letter of everything that I had, the abuse I was going through, and sent it to the judge. Yeah. The judge sent me a letter back with a new court date saying that I could not send any more correspondence and I had to appear. Mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time that the organization would have paid for me to go to court and paid for us to come back Mm -hmm. to stay at one of their shelters. So instead of giving them an update of what the judge sent me, um, I just got depressed because I didn't have any type of legal representation. The legal aid in Connecticut was saying that I had to talk to legal aid in California because that's where the case was. And then legal aid in California was telling me I had to get someone in Connecticut because that's where I was residing at. And so I just depressed and just left it alone until... I got the final judgment that um, not only did they give him custody, but they had me pay the max allowed for the state of California for child support of nine hundred a month. Oh my god! Um, and from there, it's like okay, I had to. I went through a lot during those times. Yeah. Course. Um. with the depression mm-hmm. and although I was working I wasn't making that much um, I eventually got my apartment and all during this time I was still keeping in contact with my sisters because I knew their schedule so when I knew he went to work that's when I would call and talk to my children or my sister um, and we communicated throughout the years Um, Mm -hmm. until my daughters started getting older Mm -hmm. Um, two of them now I don't have a relationship with because they resented that Sure. I allowed their dad to come get them eaten. right um and I have apologized to them and I did explain to them I that i just thinking what to do for him to just leave
0: alone. okay i'm starting I to do. lose i'm starting to lose the uh wi-fi a little bit uh it starting to sound like choppy so right. I can't really Understand, but I heard everything. I heard everything before that. So, um, can't
1: really hear
0: you. Okay, so, uh oh, one second. Okay, so can't really hear you, unfortunately. But you've told a huge part of your story, which I am like, really, I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know how it all, I want to know the solution and I want to know the success of your story, right? So we're going to get back on the show. We're going to come back. I want you to come back on the show. I want you to tell us how you survived and your success Uh story today. Now. Before we go, uh, I want you to tell everybody what you do as far as being a domestic violence coach and mentor, and also uh, how to get in touch with you. Yeah, it's cutting out. uh Okay, I think we're gonna have to, uh, res, you know, do another well, session because it's cutting R- out. I can't hear you. You
1: he
0: hear? I'm sorry, but uh, we got a good, a good twenty minutes of your story, so I'm really excited about that. But you're gonna come on the show again. You can't hear me. Mm-mm, not really, not really. John Castle says, "Stay strong." Okay, so that's good. Okay, all right, can you Hear me now. All I can hear is, "Can you hear me now?" But anyway, um, let's reset and pause, and we're gonna have you back on the show again, okay? Actually, we're gonna have you back on the show. I want to hear the rest of the story. Thank you so much, Natasha Mason. Your story is inspiring so many and uh appreciate you being here and i'm sorry we're having wi-fi issues but it happens sometimes thank you so much stay on the line so we can talk after